0: Hey gang, welcome to episode 93 of the No Presidium podcast, your guide to everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. This week on the show, our guest is John Lawrence Rivera, the Artistic Director of Playwrights Arena and the Director of Hotel Play, which is currently taking place here in Los Angeles. It is a site-specific piece that is the 25th anniversary piece for Playwrights Arena. Uh, You can find it at the Radisson over by USC right there, like right across the street from the campus on Figueroa. Um, More on that in a moment. We'll set up the interview and we'll talk about the show. But first, uh, first, changing the order a little. A lot of changes around here right now, leading up to our 100th episode where maybe we'll do a bunch of big changes. First up, uh, this show is brought to you by listeners like you and readers of the newsletter and all the stuff that we do online. Uh, this week, our latest backer is Crystal Ger. Uh Crystal, I hope I got your last name right. Uh, I'm infamous for butchering people's names. So uh, after all, I am Nohan Nelson. Um, see there, I can do it to myself too. Um, hey, if I use my mother's maiden name, then you guys can access my bank account. So I'm not gonna do that. Uh, that one, that one has more pronunciation issues. Um, anyway, thank you, Crystal, for joining us on our damn foolish crusade. We are on a crusade to 100 backers on the Patreon, uh, which just lets everyone know that our community is rad. Uh, you can find us patreon.com slash no proscenium, and we are very close to unlocking the $200 a month level, which will uh, force me to go uh, and make internet videos for you. So there. Uh, dictate the terms of my life by giving us money. I, Yeah, that, that's how capitalism works. All right, moving on, let's do some news and notes. Um, Hey, I wanna talk to you about uh, the stuff that we're putting out right now. Uh, this weekend, LA and New York are big two issues. They're going out the door and uh, we're reaching that point where I, I think we're gonna start paying money to MailChimp. Uh, I know I keep on threatening that, all the time. Um, and, and now it, 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 there's like, there's almost no choice. I'm gonna have to pull the, the trigger on that. I'm just, anyway, um, that's happening this weekend, LA and New York. We've got so many people on the list now and, uh, and, and you guys open it, which is what's great. Cause a lot of people just, you know, newsletters go out and like, whatever. No, you guys, you open it, you open the newsletter. Uh, so do check it. There's, there's always good things in there. Um, also released this week over at our Medium collection, uh, two posts went out. One, uh, three posts actually, uh, two two major posts. First, uh, I did my review of the Speakeasy SF, which is up, um, uh, the Boxcar Theaters piece up in San Francisco. Um, did the review of that piece, which I saw a couple of weeks ago. They just redid their uh, their ticket pricing setup and changed some of their dates around. More on that when we get down to the San Francisco section in a moment here. Also put out "Make a Night of It," the Nest. That's for the new show. Um, it's it's the first the first piece of of real immersive theater merged to escape room that I've seen so far. And so it's 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 a story room, right? So you're not trying to escape; you're trying to discover the story. That's put together by Jeff Line and Weber and Jarrett Lands, otherwise known as Scout Expedition Company, who you can find on the podcast a couple of, uh, like, back in January. Although, unless you're brand new to the show, I bet you've heard it because that is one of our most downloaded episodes. So there you go on that one. Uh, but if you haven't listened to it, do listen to that. There's no spoilers in that, and you get a sense of just where these guys are coming from, and, and that thing is beautiful. Anyway, the make a night of it, which I'm trying to tell you about, is... A guide to the neighborhood around it so you can get your dine on, get your drink on, uh, just chill. Uh, it's Vermont Village. I live here. It's glorious. Uh, it's it's so, so nice. <laughs> it's just nice. N-I-C-E. Nice. Uh, so come have a nice time uh, before you see The Nest, which is also beautiful. Uh, so nice and beautiful. That's what your time at The Nest will be. All right. Boy, oh boy, I ramble. It's just what I do. Um, I ramble because there's so much going on. Everything seems to be going on, which is why we have a new Facebook group, which we call Everything Immersive. Uh, This is a community group, not a page, but a group. And I invite you all to join. Like, seriously, if you. You know, we we've experimented with a few things, right? You know, I've got the Twitter pumping out there, we've got the Slack. The Slack is not going away. If you want to get on the Slack, Noah at just ask, I'll put you in there. It's it's a really great way to like have nice threaded conversations. We got rooms for the different cities. Uh, that's really nice. But I've I've not seen anything just boom the way the Facebook group did. And let me tell you, I dug in my heels and refused to do one for a very long time. And now I am regretting it because wowzers, um, just just wowzers. The group is Everything Immersive. Uh, you have to go facebook.com slash group slash anything immersive or just type everything immersive in the search bar. You should be able to find it. If you have trouble, email me, Noah at no People are just jumping in there, the, you know, show announcements, uh, some of the news out of this week, like I found in there. Uh, there's just tons of good stuff. Uh, you'll be able to connect with creators and other fans, uh, not just in L.A., not just in New York, all around the world. Like we're going global with this one. Uh, definitely, you know, right now it's it's heavy with our centers of power, but uh, that, that will definitely change. And I'm trying to limit how much I'm posting in there. So I'm trying to put up like one Noah thread a day and just add to it. Uh, and then often I'll open up a show thread um, or you know, if there's a bit of news, we'll, we'll do it that way. But this is a space for you. Um, it is lightly moderated. There's only three rules. One, don't be a jerk. That's a simple one. Two, uh, stay on topic. It's everything immersive. So it's pretty easy to stay on topic. Uh, and finally, um, don't force anyone on the board. Um, I do not like the way Facebook does groups. I prefer invite scenario. So if you know, you have a friend who's super into this stuff, don't just add them without talking to them about it first, because I I don't want to anger anyone. Why? Because I'm the kind of person who gets angry when I get added to a group and someone didn't ask me. So just tell them about it. Just, just please, please. I try and treat people the way the way um you know the golden rule thing right particularly when you know it might cause people consternation and i'm all about not causing consternation very very conflict avoidant um <laughs> it's true but you want the news you don't care what i do you, you really don't you're like oh god he's doing it again yeah and then he's criticizing and then he's like getting into my head and telling me that i don't like what he does and he's right wrong wrong right The coffee's working. Um, Let's go around the country because that's what we do. And at some point soon, I really want to to go around the world. So if you're listening to this and you know what's going on in London or Paris or uh, Dubai, yeah, um, tell me. We'll put it on the show. Simple as that. We're starting in Pittsburgh this time. And I'm very excited to be starting in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is the home of Bricklage, and Bricklage is up to some shenanigans. Now, Bricklage, uh, they are the company that produced Oho, which I saw like two years ago now at Without Walls in San Diego. Without Walls is coming back this year, by the way. It is brilliant. They've got a new piece called IE The Ascendance. IE stands for Immersive Encounters, these are bite sized 20 to 30 minute people. Uh, pieces that they're doing for people see people belonged in there uh april 21st through may 14th just 15 bucks it's in downtown pittsburgh is the the point where you go to for this um if you are anywhere near pittsburgh if you can make it there in a reasonable amount of time and you can you know i mean we are talking about a 30 minute piece so traveling for a 30 minute piece but i know people who do it i do know people who do it if you can get there Find some other stuff uh, that you want to do if you want to travel in. Or if you happen to be in Pittsburgh in that time, whatever. What I'm trying to say is, if I had the means and the method, I would do it. I would go. Because Bricklage makes amazing work. And hopefully, if they're doing bite-sized pieces, they can pop up on the festival circuit. More on the festival circuit in a bit. Let's jump up the East Coast to New York City. Giant news this week. Ghost Light. The piece that 3rd Rail Projects has been working on at Lincoln Center, it has been announced. Tickets are going to go on sale, uh, hopefully soon. June is when previews start and it plays into July. This is a short run for the show. Um, I do not know about extensions, etc., etc. I would cross my fingers for it because I'm jealous of everyone who's going to be out there people are talking field trips over at everything immersive. And I'm like, man, I want to go, um, this is, this is massive. You know how we love third rail. Um, Marissa was on the show last week. Um, Marissa is going to be in this piece. Um, and I've been in third rail pieces where Marissa has been like, you know, auditing the show, but I haven't seen her perform yet. So like, guys, I'm just really like, this would be amazing. This would be amazing. Uh, if you're in New York, you are already going to check it out. Uh, but start thinking about making plans. If you're in New York right now or you're near there, uh, the gorillas, yes, the gorillas, not not the ones in the zoo, but Damon Albarn and you know the cartoon gorillas, the super group, um, that's a legitimate human sentence that people can say. They've got a new album called Humans coming out and to celebrate it, they've got an interactive installation going up in three cities around the world, one of which is gonna be New York in Brooklyn, April 21st through 23rd based on the Saturn's Barns Spirit House video, interactive installations, new music from the group, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Caitlin Burns, friend there in New York, she pointed out to us, uh, yeah, Zay, go investigate, please. Um, also coming up in New York uh, next month, uh, first-person experience, Red. This uh, This one looks interesting. It's looks like it's a post-apocalyptic survival immersive game. So like some survival training type stuff, you know, physical challenges mixed with a post-apocalyptic immersive theater thing going on. Uh, You can check it out on their website, firstpersonexperience, just an X, no E, at the beginning of Um, experience.com. This piece is called Red. I know they've been working on it for a while, and uh, it's almost here. So if some action and adventure immersive sounds like what you want to do and you're in shape, um, go for it. You read up on the website, you know, um, there you go. April 9th is international ASMR day. I mentioned it last week that I got all whispery because whisper lodge is doing whispers on demands. Uh, you can go check out whisper lodge online. Just type the whisper lodge or just type whisper lodge. Don't put the into your Google and you'll get there. And, um, you know, then you'll have people whispering to you with things that you want to hear, and not just whatever I'm saying. Let's go to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, home, my home. Um, the Willows is a new work from the folks at Creep LA. Yes, the makers of one of the one of the popular, good, artistic, sinister haunted houses that ply on immersive theater. Uh, here in Los Angeles, um, this is being set up to be a continuing ongoing experience. It's about a, a looks like it's about a dinner party with a strange family. They are taking uh, applic- applications. They, they've got a mailing list thing going on right now. You can put in how many tickets you're interested in, and they will email you back and let you know. Uh, go to creepla dot. Let me just double check on that. Let's open up. Yes, CreepLA.com. I am not wrong. Go to CreepLA.com to sign up. Um, We'll have some more information on the show next week. Uh, So there you go. Um, And I'm super excited about this, particularly if they get a nice extended run going on because we need a permanent attraction here in Los Angeles of the immersive variety. And the Creep folks are definitely poised to be one of the groups who could provide that in a satisfying manner. Um, Sounds like I'm being all couched about it, but no, seriously, creep doing something all year round. That's good news for us. That is really good news. So fingers crossed, knocking on wood, walking backwards under a ladder. That's my own personal good luck thing. I, I walk backwards under a ladder three times, three times with our shins. Just make sure. And if you, yeah, you know, you know, you winters. Okay. Um, other installation things going on in Los Angeles. We'll hit that up real fast. 14th factory. Got a chance to check it out last week. Uh, that is the big, uh, immersive art, um, complex over by Dodger stadium on like the other side of the river from Dodger stadium. It's amazing. You should check it out. Full stop. I was a Gaga on it. And I was talking with the creator, um, of it uh after i uh, did part of a walkthrough and there's some folks who are going to be partnering up with them to do some stuff uh as as the months go on here they're definitely looking to be around longer than just the month of april so again cross your fingers uh everyone's everyone's on the underground tip right now so uh let's hope that the ducks can get in a row and the 14th factory gets to stick around because it would be a shame if that thing just popped up and then went away because there is potential there And there's more than potential. It's worth it on its own. There's this also, it's a playground, man. Uh Brent Bushnell called it like immersive art Disneyland. Uh, he's not wrong. That's how I felt about it too. Um, another immersive art installation piece that's going up. Uh check out the Museum of Ice Cream. This popped up in New York before. Now it's here. Um, I think tickets are around $29. So uh it's it's You know, depending on your income level, it it might be kind of a a serious setup, but it is a museum of ice cream. Apparently, there's a giant sprinkles pool. Uh, I think there are free samples. There better be free samples. Um, I mean, I suppose you can eat the sprinkles in the sprinkles pool, but I don't know if you want to do that. Um, It's a museum of ice cream. Come on. There's fun. Uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that's opening right now the nest which i mentioned before that uh that is opened up pray for an extension i know they're sold out through may hopefully into june they can keep on going again everyone's kind of you know on the down low on some stuff so let's hope that that keeps on going on uh the door the speakeasy society's next chapter in the kansas collection that opens this weekend as well or just opened last night actually um definitely one to look forward to uh i caught a bit of a rehearsal and um this is this is definitely them in their wheelhouse and uh i'm really curious to see how it evolved from the rehearsal i see going forward but um i was not disappointed with what i saw and i saw like the first time they ran it so there um i mean come on we know that i love the speakeasy society that's just you know it's almost like cheating um, to, to say, you guys should go check it out. And most of you already have, like the thing's sold out. Uh, they're going to do a, a reprise at some point. More on what their plans in a second. Um, I'm checking out the encounter tonight at the Wallace. This has been touring the world, actually. It was it was recently in um, in Michigan. Uh, and uh, it's been on Australia, New York, everything. It is a, a night of storytelling involving... Uh, Uh, immersive audio. So um, you, you are seated uh, and it's using some binaural audio stuff. Um, Hopefully they don't do what I just did, which is slap a microphone. Uh, But it's definitely, I'm, I'm intrigued. I've heard a lot of different, a full spectrum of stuff. I'll be writing about it next week for the website. So there you go on that. This one's bubbled up seemingly out of nowhere. Infinitely dinner society. All right. They've popped up. They're accepting applications uh, to hit up their dinner parties. Um, there have been uh, kind of underground dinner societies in L.A. before Wolvesmouth Mouth comes to mind. This one, uh, they're framing themselves as unique dinner parties and performance art at a private residence in Hollywood. So, uh, you go to their site, they've got a Tumblr set up right now, and you make an application. And the application is solely for dinner party membership and it's not for individual tickets. So, they're not doing individual tickets yet. They're at infinitely, not infinite, but infinitely dinner society.tumblr.com. We will put those links in the Twitter in on our facebook and we're gonna have like a big thread when the podcast goes up of everything in the podcast over at everything immersive i probably should have told everybody at the start i'm telling you now you'll find links to everything over there um and if you sign up tell them no pro sent you apparently they have referrals and they want to know how it spreads so you know what to do um <laughs> let's make up a character and, and like like have that be their for no um and go from there. Um, San Francisco. Let's jump up into San Francisco. Uh, my old stopping grounds. My old home. Uh, a Fuchsia Hotel was at the Battery last weekend. And it went so well that uh, they're doing A Fuchsia Deja Vu, Deja Vu. This is the guys from the FOMA labs. Uh, they're rerunning the show on April 21st and 22nd. And here's a fun thing. Last time it was for members of the Battery. And um, a-, a few public tickets were released. This time public tickets have been released already. Go check it out. Links will be where the links need to go. And you can already find those links on the No Pro Slack if you are a member of the Slack forum. Ongoing stuff in San Francisco. Uh, The Speakeasy is on sale through July 1st. The tickets are ranging uh, now from $55 for uh, kind of standing room only, late seating, all the way up to $145 for like ultra, ultra premium seating. Um, At at the prices that things are tiered out right now, there's no question. Uh, You should definitely check it out. Um, You can read my review if you want to, but I would just, um, if you're in the area, you know, find a ticket level that works for you and, you know, prepare to prepare to have a lot of fun in the space uh, exploring and just marveling and, uh, you know, kick back and uh, enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Uh, and there's new projects on the way from the folks at the Speakeasy. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of room for them to play around in the sandbox they've built. So that's exciting. Uh, Fridays, Saturdays, and select Thursdays are when the show runs now. Uh, there are no more Sunday shows at present. One night only event up in San Francisco, uh, up in the Bay, actually in Oakland. Um, it is Omnidon's Poetry Month event at Flytrap Studio. Uh, This is going to be, there's, looks like there's going to be a little bit of interaction, kind of ceremonial type stuff going on in it. Uh, One of, one of our uh, erstwhile curators dropped this in our prep sheet for me. Um, Saturday, April 22nd, uh, RSVP to that. uh, It's via a Google form. I will also pop that in the places where things belong. Um, Okay. All right. Um, Let's. Let's zero in on uh, two more things, one of which is setting up this interview. Um, Okay, the first thing is this. Uh, Let's go back to Los Angeles for a second. I wanna point out the Hollywood Fringe, um, the the show announcements are starting to happen. Uh, The list of shows, and they haven't scheduled all their dates yet, but the list of shows that have tagged themselves immersive is up to 16 right now. 16 shows have tagged themselves as immersive. Now we all know how we feel about the I word, but I can tell you this, the speakeasy society is going to be doing um, some reprise action of uh, the key and the, uh, the key and the axe. that's in the system right now. The dates have not been announced yet, but it is in the system. Anyone who searches the fringe festival website can find that ABC project is reprising apartment eight, which was their big hit last year. It's got a lot more slots this time than last time so if you missed it if you were late to the party or if you just discovered Annie lesser's work now's the time to get on board with that shine on collective has a new piece that they're doing uh they, they look like they're going to be doing an episodic uh kind of like last year they did an episodic and the the pre the prologue for that is going to be at fringe and i'll tell you the way that those gals work episodic the episodes are complete in and of themselves. That's how they've worked so far. It's what I'm expecting. So I can say definitely go check it out. Stephanie Fury Studio Theater uh, has organized themselves as Firelight Productions and they are doing a uh, kind of a fringe version of parts of Firelight. They're calling Fire and Light. So it sounds like it's not the full show, but if you missed that or if you wanna check it out and definitely if you wanna check it out in the context of the fringe, Fire and Light is going to be there at Stephanie Fury Studio Theater. Um, And there are more announcements waiting to go. And there's other shows. There's, There's people came to the town hall. And I heard about a lot of different stuff. And it's shaping up interestingly. And I'm going to be digging into that. The reason why I took time out to talk about The Fringe separately is that with 16 shows in the category and with some proven companies in there, I think we can make a real statement about... Los Angeles's place in immersive theater, uh, in immersive entertainment, immersive arts, in everything immersive uh, with the Fringe this year. I am ecstatic. I am very thankful for Ben for putting the category out there. It's going to be in the catalog, and people are going to see this big, big section and go, wow, this looks like a thing. I got to go to it. Um, so thank you. Um, all the creators who have, have jumped in, thank you. If you are thinking about checking out the Fringe, if you wanted a chance to say to see what LA has to offer when it comes to immersive stuff, um, June is gonna be a good time to do that. So if you're listening somewhere else in the world, tickets go on sale for the Fringe on May 1st. Hop on the website, lock your tickets down, make your travel plans, uh, skate it through. I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't some stuff uh, going on outside of Fringe that you can also get tickets on. If you ever wanted to visit L.A. and see all the immersive we have on offer, Fringe is going to be it. It's it's what I've been dreaming of for a while. So let's get this do- done and on. Now, let's set up the show. All right. Boom. John Lawrence Rivera is the founder and the artistic director of Playwright Serena. For their 25th anniversary, uh, he wanted to do a site-specific piece playing off uh um, work that they've done before. He gets into that in the interview. Um, Hotel Play uh, is about a 25th reunion for um, high school seniors who were uh, in South Central Los Angeles at the time of the Rodney King uprising. So uh, they had their, um, they they didn't get to have a graduation. Uh, So sort of adolescence interrupted situation here. Uh, in the show, the show is structured in that it is a series of like six separate uh, opening scenes that the audience rotates through and then a second act that brings all of the characters together around the hotel pool, um, which is part of the scene. We get into the logistics. We get into how they built this piece, the, the kind of transitioning from traditional theater, you know, one writer, one director. Uh, into a model that looks at points a little bit more like television. So this one's this was really interesting in terms of process. uh, And John sort of, you know, takes the reins and takes us through the whole piece. Um, A note on the audio quality. Um, Your your host forgot a cable. And that cable meant that even though he had the microphone, (laughs) we wound up using the laptop, but I've checked back and uh, it actually sounds better than like half the ones we used to do on the laptop back in the day. So there's a bit of a flashback in terms of quality. Um, I assure you, uh, it'll be better next time. Um, I know because I've already recorded that episode and, and the quality is better, um, in terms of audio quality, I'm not talking about content. I'm merely talking about, you know, this microphone situation. Um, yeah. So let's get into that. Here comes the interview. John, thank you for uh, letting us record in your hotel room, um, which is actually also one of the one of the one of the Stages, I guess we could say, <laughs> yeah. for, for the piece. Yeah. Uh, everyone will notice, as uh, so I probably mentioned, the cold open. Uh, someone forgot a cable today, so we're recording on the laptop, which we haven't done in about a year. Um, John, if you could just give us like the elevator pitch for the hotel play.
1: Yeah, I mean, the hotel play was uh, created um, by seven playwrights. Um, they wrote a play, not a series of plays, but a play that... Um, has multiple characters in different rooms in a hotel and in this instance we have uh, six rooms that the audience travel from one to the other and during that time when they're traveling from one uh, uh, hotel room to the other hotel room they get to uh, hear um, you know characters and what they're you know what they're hoping this reunion or this events going to be like and then in the second act um, they go outside and all those characters interact and sort of like address what whatever issues they're trying to like to, you know trying to resolve within themselves with the personal uh, conflicts and and friendships that had established through the years.
0: So, what came first, chicken or the egg? The desire to do a site specific piece uh, at a hotel, perhaps even at the Radisson uh, down by USC, or the desire to do a, a piece about. 25 years after uh, the Rodney King uprising in yeah. in Los Angeles.
1: Well, I I think the 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 genesis of it is that um, about two years ago, maybe even three years ago, I knew that we were uh, playwrights Arena, my theater company. Um, we were celebrating our 25th anniversary in in 2017, and so three years ago, I started thinking, what are we going to do to really mark our silver anniversary. And, um, and so we started to talk, I started to think about what that might be. And I didn't want to do just a traditional piece of work. I didn't want to do like... I just want to do something that is really an event. Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember about 20 years ago, or almost 20 years ago, I saw a, um, a Dutch movie uh, called The Celebration. And in that movie the car in the first part of the movie um you saw uh, bits and pieces of conversations in the room as they're getting ready for this celebration for the 60th birthday of their mother and all this you hear intrigue in there in that in those rooms about i don't want to see him i don't want to see her if i did this if i if i see him i'm gonna like kill him like like all of this but you don't really quite know what those what those things are until you go down to the to the reception to the to the celebration and. You find out in the celebration, uh, in in that instance, that um, the kids were molested by the father, mm. and so that was the big reveal. And so, and I remember watching it about twenty years ago, and I thought, oh my God, it'll be so interesting to do something like that, you know, in in the theater and have it live and have the audience go from one room to the other. Then twenty years ago, so I just put it aside, and because I thought, my God, it's going to take so much money and so much effort to do something like that, so I thought. For a small company like Playwright Serena, it, we're not going to be to, able to do that kind of work. And so then I revisited again three years ago, and I said, well, what if we actually were able to make that happen? And what are the ingredients that would make it happen? So I thought, well, I started thinking about who I should invite to write. And I thought, should I invite one, one writer? Should I invite a series of writers? Are they mixed? Are they like, you know, so I was thinking about all of those options. And finally... There was a big conversation, you know, and still a big conversation now that women writers are not, you know, getting produced a lot. So Mm -hmm. then I decided, well, if I focus on just asking seven women writers to write this piece, then perhaps, you know, not only are we doing something to celebrate playwrights arena, but we're actually celebrating women playwrights. And so um, the magic Seven, I can you know, I can tell you that how that came about. but, but I just decided, okay well let, let me see who I can ask. And so I asked several playwrights. So that was the beginning of the conversation. Let's meet and just talk about this idea of a play that is set in a hotel, and let's figure out what that means. And so that's the beginning of it. And the reason I, I said seven originally because I, in my head, I thought that, there will be ten minute play a little ten minute introductions to all these characters, and I thought six rooms would be um, you know ten minutes each would be an hour. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, well that would be the first act, and the seventh writer would be the one to put all those stories and and characters together for the second act, mm-hmm. sort of like the, the the chief architect almost of of you know of what that those how those stories are interacting. So basically, we we met. Uh, the playwrights about literally two years ago we sat down at leTC we had a big table and I put square uh, marks on the table I put a tape and I divide them into six little quadrants and and I said um, how are we what if we were writing a play what are the characters and so we started talking about what characters and then we started thinking of what is the event mm. and playwrights arena started uh, 25 years ago and we knew we were doing it as a, as the 20th anniversary you know play and so I said you know when we started Paris Arena it started because it came out of the LA riots mm. and that's the beginning of well if it's then we thought we thought well is it a 25th um, uh, wedding anniversary is it a 25th birthday is it a 25th whatever and then because of the way that our um, we wanted to, to, to talk about race especially especially I thought well, if we, if the collectively as, as, as the group, we decided if we did something setting it like a high school reunion where the high school did not get a graduation because it was right in the middle of all of that, you know, April 30th of 1992, that they didn't even have a graduation and they just sort of like dispersed and then all the conflicts that happened 25 years later. So mm. that was the beginning of it. And we just started to like literally characters had we had like you know um uh cards cue cards, and um index cards, and we would like well what if there was a character like this and well what about if there was somebody like this and that and so then the car the 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 playwright sort of like had those characters in mind, and then they went off for about six months to sort of like i assigned six playwrights for each room, so I said, all right, we'll write that story, write this story, and then six months we met we met later and then we sort of like then. Then at that point we start. Well, what if that character of Flo crosses over to this room, and to, uh, and and the character of Ruth grows over here, and because of this and grandmother, and so all of a sudden it got a little bit more complicated because now you have to add this other factor of people traveling from one room to the other, and and how are they interact, uh, how are they in related, and why are they crossing over, and who knows what you know? So as you saw, um, you know there was a, a there was a woman who was like, you know, thinking about that he was, she was going to have a, you know, a sort of like a second chance with, you know, with her boyfriend that, you know, obviously is revealed later on, something different has happened. So that, you know, the, again, the storytelling of who knows what and what if this character was this and what if they didn't know. And this, so, and then at that point, um, about a year later, when we sort of like figure out all those rooms, then Paula, then, uh, Paula Sismar, um, took all those characters and then started to devise what happens in the actual reception. And mm. so then she had to write that. And trust me, it has gone to like 18 different drafts. But we started with something and then, of course, the other playwrights had, you know, it. it's not, it's not like left to Paula to say, you write it and then we'll just sit back. It's like, so obviously once she's written the draft, then the other playwrights had to say, well... I don't think my character would do that. I think my character would date would do this. And so then you have to adjust and because it's still well, a, and
0: were, were they also like adjusting their work based that's right. on Paula's. Yeah. Based on like Paula's because, because yeah, in, because yeah. because
1: Paula basically decided on what would happen in the second act. And then of course, they're thinking, "Well, I don't know if my character would do that, but maybe my character would do this and would say it this way." Then Paula has to adjust and then and then sometimes she would actually Paula would actually say, "Well, why don't you take that section of the of the second act and write the dialogue for your characters and what they would say. Right. And then she would then put it back in and then integrate. Sometimes she'll finesse it to, to sort of really feel, you know. To,
0: it sounds a lot like working, like, television. With like, um, like there's a writing team. Yeah, writing team. That's yeah, writing right. Team That's right. Like almost like there's a showrunner. Exactly. Like, going, like, okay, right. like, here's this and, and, and working out the arcs. It's interesting that you started, you, you went, like, with them working individually, yeah, and then pull it together as yeah. opposed to like, you know, mastering out the beat sheet and like you know, that's right. That was the question I had because it yeah. says because the the credit for you is conceived and directed. So I was like, yeah. oh, did you come up with the whole story? Yeah, but this just sounds like a very organic. It process. was very
1: organic, organic process. That I mean, the con- the conception part of it is that because of just the idea of the hotel room, uh, of the of the play being set in a hotel and and having it um and having it more. Um, uh, really immersive and really, you know, um, uh, site-specific. So from that point forward and the idea, the idea of these characters interacting and, and you know, I mean, and just trying to, like, lead it into one of the things that I really thought we would talk about, which is what we talk about in this play, is where are we, is what I said to them in the first meeting, is that where are we 25 years later after the Rodney King incident as far as race? Yeah. And when we were writing it uh, two years ago, we had a very different trajectory of where that play was going to be. But after November, after the election, all of a sudden we had to like rewrite the scenes because now it wasn't feeling right as to what we were where we think we were going.
0: And that two years was a really turbulent two years because Ferguson freddie gray all of it you know it, it uh, was so much. it was
1: all happening at that that's why I felt every, it was all
0: happening over again yeah right? and, it's yeah. like it's like history so every, time, every
1: time we met we would always be like oh my god well this just happened and that got and he got shot and this so how do we address that and who you know and i think at one point i think the character that was in the wheelchair was always in the wheelchair but uh but the ghost wasn't there um and so you know you, you you. It's not like, if
0: you see the if you see it first or second, it's not that much of a spoiler. There's yeah, a ghost. Right. It's like within like two minutes, like oh, yeah, there's yeah, a ghost. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, yeah. So I mean, you know, so
1: <laughs> so those kinds of 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 I, I mean, the ghost was introduced literally, I would say almost like two months ago. Oh, wow. It was just something that's like oh, we got a thing from velina going oh, I want this character to come in and and to to address what happened with Jackson. And Jackson used to be in Act One and Act Two, and then. And then that storyline got too too long for, for the red room. So we said, well, if we kept if we took away the Jackson storyline out of that room and just waited for Act Two for him to show up, because they sort of like Philip and Jackson met in this room, in in, in the in the red room, and and they had their confrontation and they had their, their moment and then they were done. And then that was the end of of, of that of
0: that room. Yeah. That's actually something like uh, there's a there's a Piece that I saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it it had it was set up so that the audience was in different spaces for their their prologue or their sort of their act one, and some sequences some some arcs ended in that space, and then then once all the spaces were open and people could traverse through the space, um, there were other storylines unfolding out of there. But there was something I found kind of unsatisfying about. Oh, this thing's wrapped up in the space, like mm-hmm. this desire to give us that's, like a whole yeah. story right. in a single space. When the point of it all is to is to traverse or to right. like start to like piece together yeah. information yeah. Yeah. on our own.
1: Yeah, that's why we wanted. You know, I mean, that's why I think uh, we wanted the Jackson storyline to 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 sort of like reveal because you know even people who who saw the shows already, it said to me at at some point they said. Oh my God! Who is is Jackson ever gonna show up in this play? And of course, when he shows up, he shows up. And and I think one of the things that I love watching the audience when the reveal happens about Ava and the Bell relationship, I look around and I see people going either the complete shock of the revelation, or then people who's going, "I knew it! I knew it! I knew it all along!" When I was that that was yeah. you know the so. It's interesting just to look around the 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 looks on the audience's reaction on on those moments because some are like totally in shock, going, "What? What did? I, what do you mean? What? I don't get. What? What is happening?" And then of course the other people, other side, you go, "I knew it. I knew it." Yeah.
0: We talked a lot about the story construction. Uh, I'm I'm deeply curious about um, you know, staging this piece and development because. You won't necessarily get a ton of time to rehearse in a hotel. Um, so um, how how do you manage... You know, there's basically almost like six short one acts that then lead into a, a larger piece. Development on that must have been... Uh, I don't know, staging-wise must have been as interesting as development on the story side yeah. of things. Well, we started... we every
1: time we come to the hotel, we pay for these damn rooms. <laughs> and, and we got a small discount, but it's like the discount wasn't like, um, you know, it wasn't like they were giving it to us for $50 a night. It, it's not like that. <laughs> so they're giving us a small discount, and we're still paying for the for seven rooms total uh, because we have the six rooms plus a production office that we're using for our stage management and, and the crew. Um, and so we started the rehearsals for about three weeks. LATC where where Mm -hmm. our office is and there's we have a rehearsal space there so um so we rehearsed there literally about six to eight hours a day just trying just to work on the on the smaller rooms and then the 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 big second act and we in my head I had ideas of okay we exit there and we were timing and stage management was very good about just timing of who exits when, and that you know that person has to arrive there by that time. And if it's off, again talking to to the playwrights, going okay. Right now you have your play, and this character leaves your room at in, at the seven minute mark, but he should have arrived in the other room at six minute mark. So mm. he, somebody has to adjust one way or another. So either he leaves there by five five and a half minutes, or the other person you know, well, yeah, some, trying to just find like the right balance, and and then some, and so the playwrights, you know would accommodate or would say, oh, well, I really can't, I don't know where else to trim, whatever. So then it's a matter of really, un- of just trying to figure it out in our head. And so when we were, we were at LATC, we would do all the scenes, you know, uh, sometimes the, the two rooms together, we would do one in the hallway and one in the rehearsal room so that we can at least time who exits and who comes in. But really, we only were here for two days before we opened. And yeah. so once we got to the hotel, we were practically here like, 24 hours we just like ran the sequences we had all the six rooms you know we had uh all the ad's uh, associate directors myself uh we would each go into rooms and really be timing the, the 10 minutes and then exiting and then going to the next one so that we get a sense and then whatever is um whatever wasn't working then i would stop and i said okay hold on that Let's figure out this. So we need to. You have to get out of here. So we either compress that moment really tightly and fast, so that you can get out of here, or if you're delayed there, that I'm telling the other piece that how do you vamp? What do you? How do you vamp that moment while you're waiting for that not to happen? You yeah. know, it's like what is happening? What is the real? What is really? And what are the parameters of that? Of that? Uh, you know, uh, improv because you can't just automatically just like make you know talk about other stuff so you so it's like it's a lot of that the actors have now adjusted to a point where they're maybe off by i would say 10 to 15 seconds and then either the knock or whoever leaves is like it happens but you know it's still there are there are moments where i i've gone through all the rooms and uh during the previews and um you know i've i've watched them like really like if they're late or something is late then they just blurt out whatever needs to be said before they open the key lines that they need to say before they open the door or answer the phone. Or if it's too, or if it's, you know, if the other um, person is late coming in, then whatever improvisation they do is like within the context of, you know, of the play. So it's been a, you know, it's been a a real uh, work for, for the actors because it's, in th- in traditional theater, I mean, we know all the exits and entrances that you just have to hear this word and you come in. Right. In here, we don't hear anything. There are no cameras. There are no monitors. So the stage manage- manager really is it. The the hallways our back is our backstage, right. and so she once she clocks in the ten minute out here for the audience to come in, she's also clocking in ten minutes. She comes in and she knows, like at one one minute and thirty seconds, the knock in that part has to happen. The phone call has to happen at one forty-five. At two minutes, this the the you know house has to. And all she's doing is with the, so the timing, all the knocks happen at the same exact time. Yeah, where they are in the room. If they messed up, <laughs> if they messed up a line and like messed up, messed up a whole scene, and they're trying to like adjust and,
0: and catch kept, up, they, no, they, they just have they, to they, catch up sh- because yeah, because yeah. that
1: that knock or that phone call is gonna happen at that time, yeah. and Which so,
0: is a little bit like real life, like, which is great, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And
1: I said to them, and I, you know, one of the things that that the actors, you know, they're so used to like proscenium staging, right? Yeah. So they all go, "Oh, I, I, am blocking." I said, "What do you mean you're? It's you're in the room." I, it, the audience will go
0: around if they can't see you. Yeah. So don't think like, oh, I have to open up. Well, and that's something interesting about these spaces because yeah. like, like not all of them are uniform, but a fair number that's of them, right. We're they're, they're the cabana-ish rooms right off the pool. Yes. And uh, in this one and in a couple of the others, uh, right. there's a lower area that stairs up into the bedroom <laughs> area. So yes. this there's sort of a natural pod for audience in here. But, um, and, I, and I almost am, I'm wondering based on which one you get loaded into first, whether, how much Sense of ownership over space the audience winds up having. Yes, um, I think
1: I think when we started uh, when we started looking at, at the Radisson um, and I saw these when they said that these are the rooms that we could have, I automatically assumed that the audience would mostly stay down here. Yeah, that's why we tried to encourage them. You know, like we say it in our announcement that once you go into the room, you're open. You know, you're free to like sit anywhere. Yeah, but. Most people, as I had imagined, would stay down here. Yeah, and I've when I was walking and when I was going to room to room during our previews, um, I would actually walk to the other side and I would like ask people yeah. to like come and join me. I was in know?
0: I was in the room with uh, with with the couple it was oh, okay. my first room yes and I went up on the stairs but like like then and then that piece has staging on the series. like I got kind of like herded back right, down yeah, yeah. so so for the rest of the time like I didn't I didn't actually break across yeah, that no, no, right yeah, I was like oh, yeah, okay like yeah, I guess this yeah, is where yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah, be yeah, 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 I wonder if it would've been different if I had been loaded in something else first because like right. one of my great joys in one of these pieces is like oh yeah I can go wherever you that's know right, like, let me get my own right. angle that's right exactly
1: that's exact- and we uh, you know I tried I think for the most part audience's just want to stay back. You know, there are very, I, I think, you know, about, I would say about 87 percent are just going to be like, I just want to be like down yeah. here and just watch. You know, it's very few people who actually, like even if I didn't direct this and I was seeing a show like this and I was set and they told me I could be anywhere, I would just go and like be in a different position where, you know, if if the, the bulk of the people are here, I would go someplace yeah. else, you know. But, I still
0: remember the first time I saw it, The Day Shall Declare It. uh uh-huh. Uh, having like gone to see like other immersive uh, inside specific stuff first, uh, the the audience started to form like a natural kind of proscenium line. That's right. And I yeah. was like, Mm-mm, no. no, and I just like walked yeah. across that's the room. Right. That's right. And and it's yeah. that moment of like someone breaking out of the herd. And yeah. everyone goes like, oh, oh yeah, we, can, right. we can we yeah. can see it differently. Yeah. Because yeah. because the fun is sort of tracking. Yeah. You know where and what the pool offers an interesting challenge because yes. you've got, you got a space where yeah. you cannot cross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's
1: interesting. Um, evening performances because of, there's no like contention of, uh, did you see a matinee or did you see? An
0: I saw last night.
1: Last night. Yeah. Okay. We, had, we had some helicopter yeah. action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That, yeah. th- that 10, I felt like I was doing Miss Saigon. Um, <laughs> so I was waiting for Kim to come in and start running for the helicopter. But, um, it's interesting because um, we have we have this the the pool and sort of like the the audience sometimes stays just stays there or they or they come around I, and and during the matinee they literally just stay there because there's a shit it. It it creates a natural shade on that side, oh. so the audience never crosses over. They just stay there and they just watch the show from across the pool.
0: Oh wow!
1: They just watch the and Cause, this, cause most and of the, the actions on the near right. the near so, side of the of the of hotel, the hotel yeah. The the pool. And so wow. they just this matinee has been this has been cleared, and everybody just sits over by the shade and they just like stay stay there. They don't even come over. Mm. And but the evening uh, audiences have have always mm. sort of like. Come in and huddle around where the scene is going on because yeah. I don't think, because they don't feel like oh well, I, there's no shade or whatever. They don't, they don't like think of like a division. But it's just so interesting to to, to witness that. But it's been a challenge. Um, I have actors who ask me when they when we first did a site visit, going, "Are we mic'd?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, it's it's site specific and it's immersive and it's re- realism." And I can't like all of a sudden you come out from the hotel room like. You all have these microphones and you're talking. I'm like, I just, and plus that's, that costs just an awful lot of money for 15 actors to be mic'd and body mic'd and all of that. So I, I said, no. I said, well, because they were concerned about the, the, you know, obviously Figaro was right there, helicopters, airplanes, ambulances. I said, you know, it's just reality and yeah. life is going, life happens, you know.
0: Well, during, during development of, of the second half, was there ever a point when you were thinking of, well, since we're gonna have people kind of all over the place of running things simultaneously, because the show sort of has a linear track there, and it's interesting because you're coming out of something that is fundamentally non-linear in a mosaic style, and then movie into into linear. So yeah, that yeah, was that so, a
1: so yeah, it was um, the first time we it was designed the first time that that we were thinking about the second act. It was never like it was never in the poolside. We were going to the grand ball, to the actual oh. reunion. Right? Oh, what do you know? There um, we go. There we go.
0: <laughs> we are in a hotel, so uh, room service did did pop in. So yeah, uh, yeah. So we're 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 going. I hope the audio quality is doing good, everybody. I may cut this part out, uh, or I may not. I never know. Okay, yeah, so so, anyway, so it wasn't so, in the grand ball right? Yeah.
1: So we were. So our idea was that. We would we would do this the, the, this this the section in the rooms, and the audience will go to a ballroom and have a sit down meal. Right. They would have a sit down meal. The reunion is happening. You know, like we we go into the ballroom, and so it's more. We were really thinking, about it's an enclosed space. Right. And things are actually at that moment happening in multiple areas because, because the the um, the contained space would sort of like lead itself into like this thing is happening, that's happening, and then all of a sudden, it's it just like a, a focus of like a, a cluster would happen and then other yeah. things it would happen, yeah. right? The, the,
0: the dynamic of a reunion. That's right, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so and so then when we were talking to the Radisson, oh my God, the cost of going to the ballroom <laughs> and feeding people, and I'm like, and literally I was just said, I want some pasta, some salad, and some a drink. And it was like, the cost was like, Oh my God, how are we going to get... And then they said, well, you can do it in the pool. I was like, oh, okay, we'll do it in the pool. Then 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 we then the decision of, okay, then what do we do in the pool? So that, why are we at the pool? And so the idea of like, oh, we're going in, there's a pre-event that goes on before we go to the ballroom. So yeah. just because it's like, you know, we're trying to figure out, well, why are we at the pool all of a sudden? Like, so we had to create that kind of scenario. But... Um, it was always intended that we were going to do the to the to. The. And when we still about, I would say about six months ago, even though we knew it was going to be in the pool, we had moments which was happening simultaneously, but no one could keep track. Like we, no one could keep track of where. Or like as far as story wise, like if if the Bell and and uh, Benny moment happened. Uh, uh, yo lady, why are you being so rude to my mom? That section, if that's happening while Hannah and other one is happening here, we just was going, Oh my god, are people gonna know that there was that fight there? And this moment is happening, so it became like, All right, well, if we do the cluster, then we started doing clusters of this moment happens, and then that moment happens, and right. it just. Just because we were trying to really make sure that the audience is is at least getting the story of what happened to these interrelationships of of people, yeah, you know, so, yeah, because it was it was it became, we even had a scene where three moments were happening at the same time, and and I thought, oh, you know, like are people like getting that those moments mean something for those relationships if they're not watching, that, you know, that all three, you know
0: as we as we move yeah. towards closing up here, yeah, because um, because i guess I, 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 I don't know yeah, is this one of your first grapplings with site specific type work or is this something a form you've played around with before? We have um uh,
1: th- this is why um twenty years ago five i mean twenty five years ago for our twenty fifth anniversary, we did twenty flash theater events. Mm and what we did was we commissioned 20 playwrights and we commissioned them to write a 10 minute play that is presented anywhere so we would go to like you know uh, hollywood and sunset and vine uh, over the chase bank and we did like a whole like number we did a like a, you know it's all it's a, it's it's theater with a story and message about you know whatever is the event and and we would do like Forty people, like, and we would tap dance, and then we would tell a story, and we like do this, and then ten minutes, and then we're out, right. and then we go to Grand Central Market, and we do one thing, and then we go to like, so we just did it for for uh, our twentieth anniversary. We did all of those twenty different uh, little flash theater events that that we did. So that was the beginning of it, um, and also that year uh, for our twentieth, we we did uh, which is not really immersive, but. We, we did uh, Helen at the Getty Villa. That was our mm. 20th anniversary production was at the Getty Villa uh, in, outside, you know, in the amphitheater. So yeah. we did that. Um, and so that's why two years later, which was three years ago, when I was thinking about our 25 coming up, I thought, well, how do we top what we do? And do I do 25 flash theater events? <laughs> do I do, you know, what do I do this time? So that's why the conversation of, this immersive, um, site-specific thing wasn't completely out of the realm for us because we did all of that, and I was I was actually trying to figure out like, what do we do the next level from what we've done? Yeah,
0: B- beyond beyond the attraction of it being an event mm-hmm. and being unusual, what what is what's the drawback to working in not not drawback, but what's the lure back uh, into working in in a, in a non-proscenium form? I think. I think, it. first of all, I think audiences
1: really like going into an event that is not, I have to sit down in a dark space in a traditional theater and that the stage is there and I'm in the dark and I just like sit back and watch. I think that audiences are actually looking for something that is really more engaging and more that they are more part of the of the process and they hear i mean they see everything right? our crew is right here so they see like the mechanics of all of it and and action is happening around them so it's not like i am assigned to a seat number and i sit there the the, the lights go dark and i just have one focus in here if i'm bored in whatever is going on here i'm going to be looking at whoever i need to look at or want to like or go and get a drink or something right so right. it's not like they're not confined into, like, I am now stuck in here. So they either have to be really engaged and want to stay with, with the material or they go and they just feel like, oh, you know what? I don't really want to know, so I'm going to sit on the lounge chair there and just have my cocktails and just, if a scene happens right here, it's fine. <laughs> you know, and if not, then, I, you know, hopefully I'll get I'll catch whatever the story is. So it gives them sort I, I feel like the audience feels like they have freedom to like just be, you know, more um open to to all the possibilities instead of going to a theater where oh my god i need to pee i can't even pee because i'm in the middle of this row and <laughs> i have to leave and if i leave then i have to get up and everybody was like you know i think i think there, there is this idea that people are really interested in like you know coming in and and, and doing something exploring something that is new fantastic yeah.
0: John, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank to talk you. A oh yeah. my God.
1: I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you very much for being here. Yeah.
0: And I apologize for not bringing the proper no, microphone, I'm, Cable. I'm glad. I hope this world works out. <laughs> All right. Once again, want to thank John Lawrence Rivera for being our guest on the show today. You can find Playwrights Arena at playwrightsarena.org online. The music for the show is by the illustrious Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Uh, You can find us at NoPersinium on the Twitter. You can find us at NoPersinium.com online. That's links to everything, including the show, which creates a recursive loop. You can find me at Noah J. Nelson on Twitter and yell at me. You can find um, the Slack. Email us, Noah at NoPersinium.com to get on the Slack. To um, to tell us about shows, that's really a great way to do that. We rely upon your eyes and ears out there in the world. Um, you can find the us on Facebook. Uh, we're no them on Facebook. And there's the group now, Everything Immersive, which I highly encourage everyone who listens to the show to listen to, uh, in part because uh, I just saw uh, the opening... The opening segment was 25 minutes long, uh, give or take, um, on my first look at it. Uh, and I, I swore to you guys I was going to get these things shorter, and instead I got it longer. So, um, honestly, um, wow. Wow. Um, that's going to change. It's going to change because uh, we're definitely going to reorganize the show uh, as we uh, once we hit episode 100. Something's going to give... Uh, I'm not entirely sure what yet, but I just I'm feeling the need for some change. And a giant a section uh, before an interview, just no more. No more on that. It might be something else. Um, and having a, a concrete place for the show notes uh, will make it easier. So expect a sort of condensed version of the news and notes as we go. I'll probably just pick a few highlights. On the other hand, um, if you are like, no, 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 no. This is the only way I get it. I don't want to look online. I want you to tell me everything. Uh, then do tell me, Noah, at com or tell me in the thread that's going to be uh, when the podcast hits. All right. The Medium Collection, where we have the articles, is medium.com slash no-persinium. The Patreon, where you help us do this thing, patreon.com slash no um, Oh, on Medium, did I say medium.com slash no dash persidium. Got to get the dash in there. That's it. That's it for the episode. Um, Next week on the show, uh, I'm very, very happy to let you guys know that uh, Dasha Dasha Kittredge and Kate Lane are going to be our guests on the show. Uh, They are. uh, Those two are amazing actresses uh, working the immersive scene here in Los Angeles. Uh, they are uh, some of Annie Lesser's muses, if you will, and I'm just I'm, I'm tickled pink that uh, that we get to have the conversation we get to have. Uh, it's It's great. I'll see you next week. Um, we're out in the world. Um, yeah, until until next time, I'll see you at the show.